And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. So Molly, this, uh, this next section in chapter two, I've titled it, Whose Words Will You Follow? And it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting because that's, uh, that's what the text, how the text starts. Can you, can you read verse one of um, chapter two? Yeah, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. Okay, so that word receive um, can be translated as seize. Interesting. Yeah, to seize the word, hold on to it, not let go of it. And so uh, I kind of mm. like this this title. Whose words will you follow? And I've I've um, I've written this. It's a, well, for example, um, this next instructional lesson. This is the this is the fourth lesson. So the first lesson is um, listen and obey your father's teaching mm-hmm. and your mother's um, influence in your life. Listen to both mom and dad. Second one is choose your friends wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go after friends that are going to take advantage of weaker people yeah. or friends that go after greedy gain mm-hmm. um, because if they do, they'll be like the Lord of the Wing. The Lord of the Wing. Yeah. And those of you that didn't hear that episode, that's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> the birds of the air are known as the Lord of the Wing. And uh, they're masters of the sky, mm-hmm. but they're weaklings when it comes to being on the ground. Birds were meant to be in the air. Yeah. But when they're on the ground, they're they don't have the um, they they don't understand the danger of the ground. They're masters of the air, but they don't understand the dangers of the ground. When the food is placed in front of them, they can be easily trapped in a net. Yeah. And God says that's the way it is with people who are greedy of gain, mm-hmm. enticed away of their own appetite. And yeah, lust. yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Eventually, you know, the more we spend time fulfilling the lusts of the flesh the more our appetites control us. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Um, boy, isn't that so true? What a, what a subtle way of, of um, bringing someone into bondage mm-hmm. forever. I mean, kids are trapped in all kinds of video games these days. Yeah. Um, the craft, Minecraft games, and it just seems like it keeps escalating. It gets more intriguing and enticing and um, it bringing more people into it. People are playing, connected with people around the world right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're making money off of it. All kinds of uh, how they suck people in to this. And gambling um, is interesting. There's there's actually, there was a study done, oh, I think close to maybe seven, eight years ago. The, uh, the subconscious um, enticement of gambling mm-hmm. and how it actually programs a person's mind to go in a certain direction. Oh, weird. Yeah, they can tell. They can tell by the foods that they drink, the clothes that they wear, the um, the things that they watch. Mm-hmm. They're programming all of this stuff, and then when they when it's time to entice a person toward gambling, mm-hmm. they can actually control you to do more and more and more. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was reading the study. It's like fascinating how subliminal type of suggestions yeah. can uh, keep a person's appetites at a heightened state, so that they keep wanting more and more. Mm. Okay, so so chapter two, whose words will you follow? Um, so the the opening remark here is the primary theme of this lesson, receive my words or mm-hmm. seize my words. As in all the Father's lessons, this one is filled with insights that seem to never end. I, I love this <laughs> about the Word of God. Yeah. It's continuous insights. Um, so uh, the focus, though, in Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 22 is tautological. 
What does that mean? <laughs> tautological? Tautological. Uh, tautological is teaching the same thing in many in a variety of ways. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like if someone uses an illustration to explain a concept, maybe using different illustrations exactly. would be that yeah. word. Yeah, and chapter two is filled with it. Teaches the same truth, just in a different way. Cool. And so, and that's one of the best ways to teach children. Hmm. You know, you just they if they don't get it this first time, you teach it in a different way a second time hmm. through a story, through mm-hmm. an exercise, through working with their hands, through um, through an audio. You know, all different ways. You surround the child with this one truth, mm-hmm. t- teaching it in a variety of ways. That's so, creative. So, chapter two is tautological. It presents things in a variety of ways, teaching the same type of lesson. Um, but this fourth lesson is a motivating call to increase the son's pursuit of wisdom and understanding through correction. Oh, ouch. <laughs> okay, so uh, so these are earlier themes start to resurface. The fear of the Lord, the knowledge of God, and wise behavior of doing what's right. Now, let me just say that again. The fear of the Lord is found in chapter 2. The knowledge of God found in chapter 2 and wise behavior found in chapter 2. All of those were introduced to us mm-hmm. in the first chapter. Um, making just decisions, being fair to everyone, doing what is right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what we need to know when we go into chapter 2, though, it's arranged in an if-then format. Oh. I call that a... The protasis apotasis. You got it. Protasis apotasis. <laughs> if, protasis, then apotasis. Um, if you do this, then God will do this. If you do this, though, in the wrong way, then this will be this the consequence or the... Which, th- that's a literary device, right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Okay, so this if-then format, though, gives clear instruction to the son that leads to an understanding of the fear of the Lord. If you pursue wisdom with all your heart, if you search for his hidden treasure, if you seize every word the Father speaks, if you, if you hide it in your heart... Um, if you seek for her more than hidden treasure and more than silver and gold, if you do that, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Mm. So that's the, um, the, the, the reward. Um, so each instructional lesson, though, appears to have an escalating sense of responsibility. This is what I love about the teaching of chapters 1 through 9 of Proverbs. Mm. It escalates. It gets more intense. Is, is you get into chapter four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. now you're faced with extreme danger. So much danger that the father says, this will take away your life forever. Oh, wow. Trap you forever. So, uh, so. Do you think that uh, is because these are lessons, you know, from a father to a son, which you've talked about, but is this as he's getting older, do you think, or? I think so. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think chapters one through nine, chapters uh, one and two mm-hmm. are more elementary. Yeah. Uh, chapters three and four, you're getting closer to junior high. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapters five and six, boy, you're at high school and graduating. You're mm-hmm. getting to, you're dealing with, you know, fornication, adultery. You're getting the the enticing woman is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter seven is like the climax. It's like, okay, you're you're out on your own right now. You mm-hmm. know, he's out in the street. He's in the, the, in the dark of night. You know, mm-hmm. he's, what does he do when he's being enticed with all of these pleasures. So mm. chapter 7 is like the the ultimate chapter of evil. Mm. It, it's so, Molly, chapter 7 is so profoundly evil that when I was studying it, I felt like throwing up. Mm. It was so gross. I didn't even want to study it anymore. Mm-hmm. But then you get to chapter 8, and chapter 8 is like God, God takes over chapter 8. The Father doesn't teach anymore. Mm-hmm. 
the father's put aside and wisdom teaches and wisdom celebrates her heroic creativity, her beautiful creativity. And she celebrates. She said, this is my desire toward the sons of men, sons of Adam. Mm. And the whole chapter is a celebration of creation. Did you say that was chapter eight? Or chapter nine? eight. Oh, that's cool. Because after that intensity, there's just that release of pressure. Like, but that's not all. It doesn't leave you there. Yeah. But there's something better and sweeter. And that really sets a precedent for how we teach our children. Mm. It can't all be... The hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it can't all be intensity. There's got to be this time where Jesus says, come along, come aside and let's enjoy this moment together. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But chapter 9 then. So chapter 8 kind of gives you this pause of celebration Reprieve. and rest. Yeah. And then you go to chapter 9. It's like, okay, here's, here's the test. <laughs> the you ultimate know? test. Yeah, the ultimate test. So back to chapter 2. Um, so we're in elementary stuff here, you're saying? I think so. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but they have this sense of, you know, increasing responsibility, mm, escalating mm-hmm. sense of responsibility, and the Father gives them just a little bit at a time. There's nothing about the adulterous woman in chapters 1 and 2. Um, there's nothing about, mm-hmm. you know, this intense, enticing touch in chapters 1 and 2 or mm-hmm. 3. You know, so it— Interesting. Yeah, it only starts in chapters 5, 6, and 7 where it gets really intense. Mm. So— uh, so what I love about chapter 2, chapter 2 is one of my favorites, though, because it, it talks about um, the father telling the son that if he does these things, if he seizes every word, if he searches for wisdom like hidden treasure, and it's not just hidden treasure, it's stored up treasure mm. um, to be used at a later, later date. You know, so you're, you're saving it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think, isn't that how God refers to wisdom in the New Testament, too? Like he stores up sound wisdom for the upright and he like gives liberally without reproach. Like same mm. idea as hidden treasure. Yeah. And that's James chapter four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. But here he says in chapter two, after the son does all of these things and, and pursues wisdom, he cries out. I love this at the end. He cries out for wisdom, mm. which is a reference back to in chapter one, wisdom is crying out for us to get oh, our attention. What? So if, if we will cry out to wisdom, wisdom's already crying out to us, but now she, mm-hmm. she expects us to do the same in return. That's crazy. Yeah, so it says here in... You know, Is it wisdom that's causing you to cry out, or <laughs> you, you just have to cry out for wisdom? Yeah, I think it is wisdom. You know, we realize the state that we're in. You know, mm-hmm. whenever... What I love about the classes here at the Master's Guild mm-hmm. is that, you know, we're learning together, but when we're sitting there and we're realizing, like, I don't have this. Yeah. You know, like... That's a reminder, like, hey, don't mm-hmm. wait, don't put it off. Mm-hmm. Which I think, so last Sunday, we had kind of a, an amazing time of prayer with the students, and we were worshiping and singing that Andrew Peterson song, Easy Worthy, and we were getting moved, like, wow, the, the reality of the words and the music was sinking into our hearts, and um, I remember I wasn't really particularly feeling it, and you were saying something like, oh, you have not because you ask not, and you're like, do you want to be touched by God? And there was just this moment where I was like, okay, yeah, so God wants to touch us. But I was just standing there. I didn't really want to ask for it because I was like, no, that's uncomfortable, whatever. But um, finally, I was like, you know what? God wants to touch me, but I have to reach out first hmm, here right now. And so just being able to pray and then kind of almost be vulnerable with God in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um and then he, like, broke through those barriers. It seems kind of like that's what that's it's talking cool. about here, being like crying out 
And then mm. wisdom cries out. So it's accessible. It's super simple, but it's very hard sometimes. And there's sometimes, though, that, you know, if you're, like you said, you're not feeling it. Yeah. I mean, there may be some times where you can't, you can't force those things to happen. Mm-hmm. They either happen or they don't. They've got to be genuine. Mm-hmm. However, your prayer led to the breakthrough with another person. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, and I like what, what you said about not forcing things because it's true. Like sometimes, you know, you can't – there's a healing process and mm-hmm. there's a there's a time. In that moment, um, I, God was definitely telling me I had to mm-hmm. confess something <laughs> in mm-hmm. front of people. And, uh, yeah, so I think being sensitive to his voice in those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, 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 we do want to guard against – manually doing things, though. If, mm-hmm. if God's telling you to do something, you do it, but you don't want to mm-hmm. force it. Um, Ecclesiastes says, don't be overly righteous, don't be overly evil. Mm. You know, don't don't swing the pendulum one way or the other. Be mm-hmm. where God wants you to be at the moment. Um, I, I've been in situation prayer meetings like that. So those that are <laughs> listening, we had a prayer meeting last Sunday that um, ruined my life for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mm. we just cried out to God, and yeah. we're broken, and that's what real revival is. Yeah, yeah. Being broken before God. And I think the sweetest part of it was that it was completely unexpected. We yeah. this was our first time gathering together with the students for worship. This was our first Sunday evening together, and we were just praying. And then, you know, God led you to call out like, "Hey, let, let's pray. Let's let's turn this towards worship." And then everyone was just like pouring out their hearts to God. And that's not something like last week, you know, we had it scheduled and we, we showed mm-hmm. up and uh, and I chose some songs that people didn't know. And so I was just <laughs> like, well, God, I want what happened last week. And, and No, we don't want that all the time. <laughs> you know, like, you, yeah, it, God. And with church on Sunday, we we were just randomly playing a song. Not randomly, obviously, but we were just playing that song. We're like, why can't we do that all the time? But it's, it's so much sweeter when you're just open to the Lord, Lord's leading in those things. And I don't know. God's incredibly creative. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just in summarizing what you just said. So last Sunday, we had this intense prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. Everyone was crying for <laughs> a good 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And, you know, we're crying out to God and we're crying. And, mm-hmm. you know, our hearts are just really moved. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're crying out to God saying, change us. Yeah. You know, and then, then the rest of the week was rather intense because mm-hmm. God now was saying like, okay, you want to be changed? Well, here's what it's going to take. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Give me back my, my peace that I had the week before. But mm-hmm. I think when you approach God with um, that real sense, mm-hmm. he's going to do his part. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And so for me, mm-hmm. this past week has been a week of discipline, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, and then leaving and hurting people and then trying to figure out whether or not you feel like, you know, they deserved it or whether or not God's going to, I'm going to receive God's conviction and then humble myself and then apologize. Mm. So you got to go through those two Mm -hmm. spheres like, no, I think I'm in the right and they deserved it. Mm -hmm. And then you go like, well, I don't have any peace about this. Mm -hmm. So now you got to humble yourself and then, you know, God's got to, then, then when you humble yourself, what's beautiful about it is that God then teaches you what you're missing. You know, he did that with me. It was it was really beautiful. I got to see a part of myself this week that I have not seen in my entire life. And it has a lot to do with my broken relationship with my oldest son and the many years that I messed up with my own wife. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and she's been so gracious. I tell you what, my wife is God gave. I love what I love about relationships. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that God brings the right person in our lives at the right time. Mm-hmm. We don't have to force it. <clears throat> and yeah. God gave me Debbie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would not be who I am today without her. And I learned a valuable lesson this week. And the lesson's this. I'm I'm a controlling <laughs> controlling person. Um, you know, first one ever to touch planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I uh, you know I'm a leader. You know, and yeah. But leaders leaders don't force things to happen. They don't force people. And I and I was doing a study on Galen of Pergamum. Mm-hmm. And uh, Galen of Pergamum, he was a mentor. Now, the word mentor actually comes from him. Um, actually, I think it comes from Fenelon. I think was the first one that oh. adopted the word um, mentor. But but Galen. Um, is before Fenelon, and he had this idea of mentoring. So I think it it, it far goes past Fenelon. But so we're looking at um, you know I think 70 A.D. ish or earlier. Uh, Galen of Pergamum is alive, and he's a, he's a God fearing man, and he believed that if you had someone that wanted to be his disciple, that he would have a contract with them, and the contract would be this: whatever I say to you, you're going to do. You're, mm-hmm. I'm going to speak into your life. I'm going to speak truth into your life, and it's going to hurt. Mm. And this disciple would come to him and say, anything that you tell me, I will do. And I will receive correction. The whole premise of the mentorship was based on correction. Wow. And, uh, and he would frankly, you know, and he would reprove people in, um, in sometimes in gentle ways and sometimes harsh ways. But he would do it because the mentor knew that he had the, the student's best interest in mind. Mm. And so there was a lot of growth that took place during this time between mm-hmm. him and the student. But it's very rare to have a relationship like that with somebody where yeah. you're, you're, you're covenanted together. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyways, so I've been practicing that style for years yeah. and hurting people mm. because that's not my relationship. That's not my covenant relationship with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, not with my wife even. Mm. My job isn't to change people. My job is to serve and to love people and speak the truth and love toward them mm. and let God change people. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of really recognizing my role and God's role, mm. you know. And uh, so I, I tend to – I respond the worst when I do my part the way God wants me to and then someone doesn't respond mm. the way I think they should respond. And so like, okay, God's saying like, well, is it really real, you know? <laughs> Do you really love them? Are you really serving them? Or are you just waiting for them to change because you really still want to control them? Oh, wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, so learn some really, really valuable lessons. Okay, so we had that prayer meeting this week. Yeah. And where did we come up with that? Where did... Yeah, so we were talking about how you can't force things to happen. And then um, this past Sunday, we went to a new church. Oh, there you go. And uh, there was a beautiful rosewood piano. It was a stunning building anyways. We went there just to visit, and it was in this historic building with a ceiling that made your head spin. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, it was so, yeah, and, it, and it's a rotunda. It's, yeah. it's round. It's yeah. beautiful. It was stunning. And so um, there was a piano, and one of our students, Rainy, she went over to the uh, piano, and she started playing. And... Something inside of us was just compelled to sing. And so we start singing, and then uh, some of the staff come over, and after the song was over, and they're like, hey, can you play that again? And people were coming in. It was just like a really cool time of, I don't know, spontaneous. A spontaneous worship. Worship. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, 
That was a huge encouragement. But but so I don't know. You see moments like that, not not you specifically, but like we see moments like we're like, oh, that's amazing. I want that always to happen. Yeah, I want that yeah. to be. Uh, we need to do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> and the beauty of some of these moments is God kind of just gives them to us when when not you least expect it, but when you need it. And mm-hmm. He's so faithful like that. And you get to enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's what the father has for the son here in chapter two. Mm-hmm. He's telling him, listen, if mm-hmm. you will receive my sayings or seize my word, if you will, mm-hmm. just listen to these amazing words. This is, uh, if you will seize my words, if you will treasure my commandments, if you will bend your ear to wisdom, if you apply your heart to understanding, if you cry after knowledge and discernment, if you lift up your voice for understanding. By the way, this is a very cool statement. If you mm-hmm. lift up your voice for understanding, that's a reference back to chapter one, where wisdom mm-hmm. lifts up her voice in the marketplace to the simple people. Oh, cool. How long you yeah. simple ones? Well, you love sim- she's crying out to the simple. Mm-hmm. And here in chapter two, he's telling the son, listen, Wisdom is crying out after you. Now you cry out after her. Mm. You know, so if we want to experience the things that, you know, Molly, what we experienced yesterday at church. Mm-hmm. And folks, you got to just, you got to just try to like imagine what this was like. You know, you've got a 30 foot ceiling <laughs> uh-huh. where the piano sound goes up into the ceiling area and it continues to, it just resonate. continues to yeah, resonate. Mm-hmm. And then we have 14 students. Um, 15, I think, 14 of all of us yesterday, students yeah. and staff, and, and they're, they're very musically inclined mm-hmm. in the harmony, the melody, the, the beauty of their voices is just amazing. Yeah. So we're singing Andrew Peterson's song, mm-hmm. you know, is, is he worthy? Yes, he is, you know. Yeah. And God wants us to, God has those blessings in store for those who walk uprightly. Mm. He says he will withhold no good thing for them who walk uprightly. That's amazing. In my right hand are... In my right hand are pleasures forevermore. In my presence mm-hmm. is fullness of joy. That's what God has for us. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're experiencing that here. We don't have to experience it every day. But here the father is telling his son, yeah. cry out for wisdom. You know, And if you seek her, he says, and here's your first if statement. If you seek her as, a, as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God because God gives wisdom. Mm. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And so what you have here is you have this theme, this theme of knowledge and wisdom. Mm. And what's missing, but you're going to find it in a second, is the correction part. And this mm. is what happens. So as soon as God, God promises, if you do this, then this is what I will do. Mm. You'll understand the fear of the Lord. And the understanding the fear of the Lord is pr- rather simple. What is it? Knowledge. Wisdom. If you love what God loves, hate what God hates. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, wis- fearing the Lord is understanding, not loving what God loves and hating what God hates. And if you do that, God will be able to then bless you. He can give you these amazing opportunities to experience His joy and pleasure and real pleasure. I mean, mm. oh, it's so sad. The, amount of, the number of youth right now and young adults that are so steeped in pornography, just shortchanging their real experience of pleasure. Yeah, settling for instant gratification or yeah. cheap thrills. You know, I was I was uh, reading in a book called uh, Surfing for God recently. If you are, have children that are involved in pornography, sensuality, it's a must-read book called Surfing for God. Um, another great book is Phil Tyler, mm. um, Dealing with Biblical Manhood, um, those two books, Surfing for God, 
great book. And then, but it's not for children. It's, you know, mom and dad read it first. Then the other book, Phil Tyler. And then, of course, Ishmael. Ishmael is probably one of the best books as far as following a godly example of what biblical manhood and biblical womanhood is really mm-hmm. like. So Ishmael, uh, Phil Tyler, and Surfing, um, Surfing for, God. for God. But in this book, Surfing for God, he, he gives this illustration. Um, he says, it's easy for men and women to have artificial, sensual relationships. You know, things that are images. They're mm-hmm. not real. And the reason for that easiness the reason that it's easier for men and women to experience artificial, sensual relationships is because it doesn't require them to experience the real tough stuff of life. Mm. You know, there are times that you will be shut down. There'll all be mm-hmm. there will, there'll be times of disappointment and discouragement. Mm-hmm. There'll be times of of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through it. Young people go through that all the time. Like. What do, yeah. do I say something, right? Uh-huh. You ever experienced that? Oh, for sure. There's so many insecurities that you bring into a relationship. And, yeah, you don't really have to show who you really are in that kind of idealistic fantasy sort of mm. world. But, but that's that's who makes you – that's what makes you strong. And that's what builds a lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know a pastor was talking about that on Sunday. Something that I generally don't like to think about is that – um, it's okay to be sad sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay to wrestle with things and to have conflict because mm-hmm. I don't like conflict. But when it happens, I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? And sometimes it's not what you're doing wrong, but what you're doing right. And sometimes it's just deepening a relationship with someone. Hmm. So true. And so, you know, in this book, Surfing for God, it, it nails it. It says that young people would rather have artificial intimate relationships um, that are non-binding, mm. um, that, are, that have no, they have no um, responsibility or seeming consequences. Mm. Um, it, it allows someone to have a relationship without um, the courage, without developing the courage of real relationships. Mm. I think that's really strong. That's a strong statement because what young people need is they need to be able to – and so that's why pornography, Satan has given all these substitutes because he's trying to keep us away from genuine, healthy, godly relationships Mm -hmm. that require, you know, truth and and honesty and um, Mm -hmm. love. And putting others above yourself. Yeah. I feel like the opposite is kind of that encourages self-love, which is just being in a relation to get something out of it versus putting someone else above like yourself and showing them enough love to meet them where they're at, wherever that might be, even though it hurts you sometimes, loving them enough to be there. How how do you change that thinking, that thought process of putting others ahead of yourself? I, I think for myself, in high school, a very popular and had girlfriends, um, and then I went to college, and it was like, whoa, everyone grew, you know. <laughs> you know, college is like, you know, and I'm I'm pretty short, I'm five foot seven, and you know, in college they're like everyone was six foot and above, and I felt like I was like the shortest guy on campus. And you got six thousand students, and I went from being most popular, you know, to being nobody. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like was, I disappeared, you know, and. 
All these guys had girlfriends, and I'm like, what on earth? And so I'm unsaved. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went through four years of college where I just felt insecure. And here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, very confident in who I am, very Mm -hmm. strong, you know. And and I go to college, and I'm like as insecure as possible. I went from one extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. And it it was was very difficult. And uh, then I got saved in my senior year of college. Mm. And... Molly, my whole life was transformed overnight, and I started growing. Mm. My character started changing, and I started seeing people for not what I could get out of them, but for what I could give to them. Mm. And all of a sudden, I love this part of my my story, (laughs) I had all these girlfriends. (laughs) Let's define that a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Not actual girlfriends. They were friends that were were girls. I loved it, though. I loved it. And I loved them. And we had great times together. We studied together. We went on hikes together, Uh you know, and we just enjoyed each other. There was no, no, nothing sensual involved in our relationships. And we had the greatest time. That's awesome. Laughed. In Mm -hmm. class time, we'd laugh, you know. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it was one of the best times of my life. And then, uh, so that's what, that's what happens. Your focus shifts Mm -hmm. from... From yourself to others, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. they become more important. And then you learn, then you learn the the beauty of relationship. Yeah, and you and you don't have to try. I think when people have to try to get something back out of a relationship, mm-hmm. they're going to be they're going to be um, discouraged. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're because they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try. Just keep giving. The givers are the ones that um, receive the greatest mm-hmm. amount of um, blessing in return. Okay, back to uh, my son here. Um, so, Molly, we're um, in chapter two, two mm-hmm. and we're going to end here, actually. Um, we talked about, you know, you'll understand the fear of the Lord. You'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes yeah. knowledge and understanding. I just want to end here with mm-hmm. this idea of, um, finding the knowledge of God. Mm. If if we, f- <laughs> this is amazing. If you seize my words, treasure my commandments, bend your ear to wisdom, um, your heart applies to understanding. You mm-hmm. cry out after discernment, and by the discernment is so important. Now, what our children need more than math, science, and history, they need discernment first. Mm. Yeah, you were talking about that contrast between ways and path, and ways kind of is translated character and so that's what you're talking about with the kids like developing their discernment their character so that they can walk yeah the way of the yeah, Lord. you can't gain discernment until your character's first yeah formed and that's what made the difference in your life in college yeah. it wasn't that you suddenly were like oh i'm gonna go hang out with the good people now <laughs> it was that you know you had that transformative time in your heart with developing that real mm. relationship with, with God, and then all of your relationships flourished. You had favor. Yeah. Wow. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, finding the knowledge of God. Um, I can't wait to get into this next section. You just ta- you just brought up about paths and ways. We're going to talk about that next section. Um, dun, dun, dun. So as we, as we bring this to a close, um, if you do your part and you seek for wisdom more than silver and more than hidden treasure, then... You will understand the fear of the Lord. You'll know more how to hate what God hates and love what God loves. And by the way, um, fearing God is is essential. God wants us to fear him. This, mm. is, this word for fear is talking about you know fear and trembling. Not because God wants us to be afraid of him. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be afraid of messing up because he has so many blessings in store for us. He doesn't want us to lose out 
and what he's planned for us. So he wants us to have a healthy fear of going in the wrong direction and choosing the wrong ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is done by having a healthy fear of God. Mm -hmm. And when we do, he says, we'll find the knowledge of God, for God gives these things. He gives wisdom. And if you have the knowledge of God, if the mind of Christ, just think about all the things we could do. And so, so moms and dads, grandparents, as we're listening to this, if you can really help your kids see, if you could see how important it is to have the knowledge of God more than the knowledge of men. 2.2 mm. million books printed every year, all kinds of curriculum. You know, we've got all kinds of curriculum out there mm-hmm. that we're teaching our kids from. But does it really possess the knowledge of God? You know, in the way that we possess the knowledge of God is to know God's ways, to know his paths, to learn about his character, to understand what, is, what are his promises, to, to have that sense of really knowing what is good or evil, and uh, walking in the knowledge of God, mm-hmm. truth, ob- objective truth. You know, and when you have that and you have the knowledge of God, that will lead and unlock everything for your future. You'll understand his paths. You'll be able to enjoy the life that he's given you. Knowledge will become pleasant mm-hmm. to your soul. Uh, knowledge of God, pleasant to your soul. And it will, it's like a, a huge flywheel. <laughs> the more you spin it, the faster it turns and the more it keeps coming to you. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's what God has for us. He will give you knowledge that will be pleasant and you can't get enough of it. And he'll keep bringing people into your life, books into your life yeah. at the right moment, the right time. And, uh, and we'll be able to uh, then be more usable and we'll be able to um, mm-hmm. be a light in this world so that others will want what we have and then we get to share with them the hope that is within us. Now, here we are. We're going to understand the fear of the Lord. We We're going to find the knowledge of God and yeah. God's going to give wisdom. And out of his mouth, out of his word, mm-hmm. comes knowledge and discernment. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And he doesn't force it on you. Ooh. That's so cool. there's kind of that call to action. You asked us in class, what do you want to see developed in your life? And some of us, there were answers all across the board from each of the students. And that's something that they're not just going to be like, I want humility, and then just leave it there in the classroom. They're going to take that and think about it and be like, okay, so how do I walk in the way of humility as this semester unfolds? What mm. can I do with this knowledge that I've learned and apply mm. it? And that's the challenge to the sun here. Well, that's interesting. Um, it says, um, apply your heart to understanding. Mm. Um, it's one thing to hear, and so many people hear mm-hmm. with their ears, but do they apply it with, to their hearts? Mm-hmm. And that's what God's expecting from us. Thank you so much for joining us. May God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom be fastened like nails in your hearts today. Well, God bless. And thank you to our engineers, Connor Savoka. Thank you for all the work that you do in the background. And Emily Crabb, thank you guys for being with us today and helping us to record another Fasten Like Nails. And Molly, I'm looking forward to uh, next time. Me too. Finish chapter two and then get into chapter three, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite parts. God bless. Bye. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts.
If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit FastenedLikeNails.net and fill out the form. That's FastenedLikeNails.net. from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net, lamplighter.net.